0: What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. Today, we are going to continue our performance review series, focusing on the Bills cornerback situation, and an interesting one, an elite player, and Trey White, some question marks, maybe some interesting depth players, but there's a lot to get into with this position and right now as it stands it's it's one that I think is a bit of a area of need on the team. I know everyone wants to talk about offensive players and weapons for Josh Allen and those are that's a big need as well. But I don't think we should be overlooking cornerback as something that needs to be addressed here in the off season. Let's start with Trey White, the Bills first round pick in 2017. He's 25 years old, he turns 26 in January, entering year four of a four-year, $10 million deal with the team. Obviously, the Bills will likely pick up his fifth-year option uh, if they don't come to a big, lucrative, long-term contract extension that will, I would guess, would be in the range of $18-19 million a season. When you think back to that 2017 class, a lot of good cornerbacks. Marshawn Lattimore, Trey White, Marlon Humphrey, Adoree Jackson... A lot of names that are very good players in the NFL and it's going to be really interesting to see how the extensions for those players work because they all deserve a lot of money and uh, who's going to get paid the most and it's going to be a waiting game and guys are going to wait to see who gets what and go from there. It's going to be interesting, Um, but nonetheless, a player that the Bills should absolutely be looking at to extend. Reward players early, there's never going to be an opportunity to do it for less money. If you wait, it only becomes more expensive, so I'm in favor of the Bills getting a long-term extension done with Trey White. We know who he is in the NFL. In 2019, he started and played in 15 games, played 92% of the snaps on defense for the Bills, 58 tackles, 4 tackles for loss, 17 pass breakups, 6 interceptions, 2 forced fumbles, Uh, In terms of when he was challenged in coverage, quarterbacks completed 45 of 90 attempts. That's a completion percentage of 50%. He gave up zero touchdowns, a passer rating against his coverage of 45, and his missed tackle percentage was 13.4%. Really impressive statistical numbers across the board, except for missed tackles, which was a problem with oh so many Bills defensive players. 2019, he was an elite starter. Uh, I'd argue that he's probably the best player on the Bills' roster. And in 2017, as a rookie, I thought he had a sensational year, a lot of ball production, big-time game-changing plays, turnovers that led to Bills' wins, and we saw that again in 2019, where there's games where you can just single-handedly point to Trey White as The biggest reason why they won the game because of plays that he made, whether it was an interception, forcing a fumble, whatever it may have been, he was the reason Buffalo won games. And um, He's the number one corner on this team, and he's one of the better cornerbacks in the entire game. So Trey White, a real cornerstone of this roster. He was the first pick the Bills made with Sean McDermott as the head coach, and I expect him to be a fixture for this team for years and years to come. Now let's shift gears to Levi Wallace, uh, the guy who was the primary starter opposite of Trey White, a UDFA in 2018. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in June. He's an exclusive rights free agent, which means he'll be back and it won't be for a whole lot of money. So uh, while he does not have a current deal with the team, he will have one and he'll be in the mix to be the starter opposite of Trey White. Uh, He started uh, several games in 2018 and played well uh, against a softer schedule. Um, Not a whole lot of very dynamic receivers that he had to go up against in his rookie season. And then this past year, we saw him get challenged a whole lot more than he did in 2018. And he struggled a bit. He was picked on, and there were just times where he got big boyed. And and Levi Wallace, uh, a really interesting body composition, a taller, thinner, Uh, cornerback, and he just doesn't have great athletic ability. And so that is going to be problematic for you. It's restrictive to play corner in the NFL with his body composition and his physical traits in terms of his athletic ability. So good player in terms of what he can be as a depth player, but I don't know that you want him to be a starter for you. Uh, And I think that he's always going to be picked on, especially when Trey White's on the opposite side. Now you can make a case that, It helps you to have a good corner on the opposite side. But at the same time, the quarterback's eyes are just naturally going to go to you. So that's why it's going to be important for the Bills to get this spot figured out because it's going to be a popular destination for quarterbacks to go with the football because the alternative is Trey White, and you're not going to do that. So in 2019, uh, Levi Wallace played and started in all 16 games, wound up being 76% of the Bills' defensive snaps. He had 76 tackles. Four tackles for loss, nine pass breakups, two interceptions, no forced fumbles. He was targeted 105 times in coverage, gave up 69 completions for a completion percentage of 65.7. He allowed three touchdowns, a passer rating of 86.5 against his coverage, and missed 13.6% of his tackle attempts. I label him as an average starter because he's not a terrible player but he is a player that makes you want more. It makes you wonder if you can get a more dynamic player in that spot, how much better the Bills elite pass defense could be, how much better it can be. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with Levi. It's he's a, he's a fine player, but given the circumstances, he stands out in a bad way. In a lot of times, if he's challenged with average below average receivers, he's going to be okay. But The way these NFL offenses are developing and adding really good receivers, it's not like you just have one guy anymore. You have multiple guys. Levi Wallace is going to have tough assignments, and I get nervous about that because of his limited physical gifts. So when I think about 2020, I think he'll be part of the mix. At a minimum, he'll be a good backup, but will he be a starter? Will the Bills draft a corner that beats him out? Will Kevin Johnson come back and beat him out? Will the Bills bring in a player that's a veteran that winds up earning that job. I think it's open. And I know Sean McDermott loves Levi Wallace, so he'll have every chance to claim this job. I'm just not convinced it will definitely be his. And I think you have to have competition. If if Levi Wallace is your cornerback too, you should be a little unsettled with that. And you should be very deliberate and proactive about bringing in meaningful competition and honestly hoping that they beat him out if they deserve it. Let's talk about Kevin Johnson, 2019 free agent signing of the team, 27 years old. He turns 28 in August, obviously the former first-round pick of the Houston Texans that just could not stay healthy, and he came over to Buffalo on a one-year deal, and I thought he played pretty well. Uh, he's an expired contract, so the Bills have to dis- make a decision with him on in terms of opening up negotiations with him or letting him walk in free agency. In 2019, he played in all 16 games, and I know that was a big deal for him. He's not been able to be healthy, and so for him to log 16 games was a big deal. He started one of them. He played 32% of the Bills' snaps on defense, 56% of the Bills' special team snaps, 36 tackles, one for loss, five pass breakups, no interceptions. He was targeted 44 times, gave up 26 completions, that's a completion percentage of 59.1. Did not give up a touchdown, a passer rating against his coverage of 79.8, and he missed 14.3% of his tackles. So there's that theme. It feels like everyone's, you know, well over 10% of the attempts. And just think about that. Like, what is this going to be? I don't, I don't know what the average is, but like we'll call it 13, 14%, maybe. I mean, that's more than one in every 10 tackle attempts. The Bills missed it. I mean, that's got to get better next year. I'm sick of talking about missed tackles. It was a problem. It it was a a problem that we're probably not discussing enough right now. It's something that it's got to improve. And I think the core nucleus of the roster is in place. So it's not like you're going to go out and if you need speed on offense, you can go get a bunch of fast guys. What do you do? Just go get a, a whole new defense of guys that can tackle? None of these guys tackled well last year. So not to derail the discussion on Kevin Johnson, but I just continue to be annoyed by these high missed tackle percentages. In 2019, I would label him as quality depth. I thought there were times where he gave the appropriate replacement needed for Levi Wallace when he was struggling. Uh, I think I felt comfortable when he, you know, if he had to play a lot in a game, Levi Wallace had some bumps and bruises along the way where, you know, Kevin Johnson was the guy we thought would start or wind up having to replace Levi. And I felt pretty good with him being on the field. And I don't know what he's going to demand. I'm mean, talking about a guy that played thirty two percent of the defensive snaps is really kind of flamed out as a first round pick, didn't really fulfill that promise, um put together a decent enough year. But I mean, he's not in position to go out and say, yeah, it's time to pay me uh nine, ten million a year. I think he's gonna sign for like two years, ten million, something like that, two years, eight. And if that's the case, the Bills should bring him in, especially given the the time they had with him this year. They had an entire season with him in the building and understand how he fits into the locker room and and you know his habits and how he prepares and those types of things. And if you're comfortable with all of that and you can get him for a couple of years at you know, four or five per do it and make sure that you feel good about what's going on opposite of Trey White. Let's move on to Taryn Johnson, the bill's starting slot corner, a 2019 fourth round pick. He's 23 turns 24 in July. He's entering year three of a four year $3.1 million deal. He could be released for a savings of $750,000. Um, 2019 he played in 12 games uh, and started seven of them. Uh, played forty-eight percent of the Bills' defensive snaps. Fifty tackles, two for loss, five pass breakups. Did not have an interception. He forced one fumble. He was targeted forty-nine percent, or excuse me, forty-nine times in coverage. Gave up thirty-three completions. That's a completion percentage of sixty-seven point three. Allowed one touchdown. A passer rating of ninety-six point three, and a missed tackle percentage of twenty point six. I mean, he's an aggressive player. He'll hit. It's not a matter of being a reluctant tackler. He just didn't get it done. And Taron Johnson, that was one of my favorite things about him was how physical he was and how good of a tackler he was. And, you know, you you wonder about the injuries that he's had in in his brief career. And maybe that's impacting the way that he comes to balance and chooses to take on contact when he needs to tackle. But that's a number that is honestly unacceptable for a slot corner where that's something that you really value. You know, the, the, you're lining up over these twitchy slot guys. They're going to catch these quick passes. You need to be able to click, close and tackle. You need to be able to be an important run defender when you have to help in that regard. And so right there at at a shining example of a player who didn't tackle well enough and that's got to improve. So we got to find out why, and if some of those injuries were on his mind, and he just didn't tackle as well, but that's gonna have to—that's gonna have to improve if he's gonna be the Bills' starting slot, you know, corner, a guy that plays almost fifty percent of the snaps, you know, that, probably more. Right? He played forty-eight percent of the snaps for the season in in twelve games. So he's gonna. Whoever plays that spot is gonna have to make a lot of tackles, and and I think Taron Johnson. Is, is capable of being a good slot, but he needs to kind of refine himself in 29, uh, 2020. So in 2019, I would label him as developing depth, uh, as a sub package player in 2020, I want to think of him as quality depth and a guy that, um, really commands all of the time there at slot corner and tackles well and closes on these shifty receivers. And I'm not, I, I'm not super disappointed overall in him, but, I do want him to kind of regain some of that promise we had from watching him as a rookie. All right, I got one more player to get to today. Saran Neal, 2018 fifth-round pick. Uh, He's 25 years old. He turns 26 in August, entering year three of a four-year $2.7 million deal. If he's released, he saves $660,000 for the Bills against cap. In 2019, he played in 15 games, started one, He wound up playing 17% of the snaps on defense, 58% of the snaps on special teams, and we know that he's one of the Bills' best special teams players. Had 36 tackles, two for loss, no pass breakups, no interceptions, no forced fumbles. Was targeted 19 times on defense, gave up 14 completions. That's a completion percentage against him of 73.7%. Did not give up a touchdown, a passer rating of 79.5% against his coverage, and a missed tackle percentage of a respectable 7.7. So good for you, Saran Neal, not whiffing on all those tackles. Um, In terms of 2019 performance, I would label him as quality depth. Um, Okay on defense, he doesn't play a ton on defense, a situational player, matchup-specific type player, Uh, but for him to be a rostered player that helps you on defense but then really helps you on special teams where – I thought he was the clear-cut best special teamer the Bills had last year. You know that's that's meaningful for me when I'm thinking about how guys contribute and why they matter to a team. And I can give you a very clear answer on why Saron Neal uh, matters. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a a dominant defensive player. I think he'll probably be a 15 to 20 percent of the snaps guy, matchup specific. If it's a spread-heavy team and they run a lot of quick game, if you need a good tackler. You know, you can bring in Saran Neal if you want to blitz him a little bit. He can help you there. But, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be a, a guy that is viewed as a starting slot corner. So good depth at slot. I, I thought the defense wasn't as good when Taron Johnson was on the, wasn't on was on the field and Saran Neal had to be on the field. And they had to get creative with some of their options there. But I was never super comfortable with Saran Neal as a slot. Uh because some of the matchups just don't play well to him. I think he can handle, you know, a bigger receiver that plays from the slot, a flex tight end. But you ask him to to keep pace and be sticky in coverage against you know shifty slot receivers. That's going to be challenging for him. So a matchup-specific slot corner, a outstanding special teamer, and you've got a a good contributor for your football team. And I think there's value in what he does for the team. All right, that's going to do it for us today here on this podcast. We've got one more position group left to get to on our performance review series, and that is the safety position. We'll do that on Friday, and then uh, next week i uh, got a couple episodes with Bruce Nolan, and then it's going to be Combine. I'll be in Indianapolis to cover the event. Uh, Sean McDermott, Brandon Beam will speak to the media. I'll be part of those sessions. I'll give you my takeaways, find out everything I can when it comes to the Bills, who they're meeting with and uh, deliver it for you here on this podcast. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, If you get a chance to rate and review the podcast, that's always appreciated. If you share it, that's almost even better. You see me tweet it out, a quick retweet, always very, very helpful and appreciated. And uh, always uh, appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And I will talk to you guys again tomorrow.